We are now live. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another Pendergast podcast. So what an honor it is here today. I have two special guests. One <laughs> of them is my good mate, Benny Grayson, BSB Super Sport Rider. I met him out there at, at, at Cadwell. So, Benny, what's going on, mate? And my uh -huh. other, uh, Daniel. Daniel Shoemake, my special co-host. What is up? Yo. So, yeah, listen, everybody, uh, it's always an honor to sit down and talk to every single guest. Um, and this one's special to me, uh, having Benny on. Um, he's the first one I met when I arrived at Cadwell with a buddy of ours, a mutual buddy, Malcolm Shorter. Um, he, he's actually a photographer. You guys go to Facebook and check his workout because it's amazing. But anyway, we're not here for Malcolm. We're here for Benny. So, Benny, what is going on, my man? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, man, we're doing good. Daniel? I'm living life. If I was any better, I'd be you. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, listen, for all the American people that have no idea who Benny Grayson is, uh, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm, I'm Benny Grayson. I race uh, Super Sport 600 at PSP. Um, and that's about it, really. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fast mechanic. That's pretty much yeah, so so Benny, how did your story begin? Going from a toddler getting into motorcycles, getting your first bike, being a mechanic, and then turning into a, a legend racer you are right now. Uh, so so I started about eleven years old. Me, my mum and dad bought me a, a DT. I don't know if you remember the Yamaha DT eighty five. Wasn't quite a motocross bike. We didn't have a lot of money, so we. Uh, uh, I ended, ended up with this Yamaha DT85, which I loved. I had that for a few years. I, and, and unfortunately, my parents split up when I was 12 or 13 years old and, and the bikes got put on the back burner and it didn't really do anything else since. I turned, I knew bike racing was what I wanted to do. At, at the time, it was motocross was what, what my passion was. Um, so I, when I got to, I think as 15, 16, started work, I was working seven days a week and, working 13 days on just in a day off and then 13 days back on again, just so I could afford my first motorbike. So I bought my first motorbike, motocross bike, which was a, a, a 2001 Yamaha YZ125. And uh, I used to ride that, you know, twice or three times a month, wherever I could afford to ride it. And, and started from there, progressively as I went through, we got a bit older, got a bit more money, started doing a bit more motocross racing. Um, and yeah, so I went from there. I then, Started, uh, I, I love the, the road racing, um, and, and Chris Walker was one of my one of my idols as a kid growing up, and uh, you know Neil Hodgson and, and Foggy and and, and Whitam and you know all them boys were all my heroes. So I used to watch watch them, and uh, I, I met a I met a guy called um, Jimmy Rose, which some of you might have heard of Jimmy Rose, absolute lunatic from around our way. Um, and he was a he was a real good um, like stock six hundred racer, super sport, super bike, super stock thou. You know, he's a real good all rounder. I'd probably say real waste of talent because it was that easy for him to to go and win races that he he didn't really have to put any effort in, and he lost interest. And he was you know in in the day he could he was beating Sam Lowe's and and you know all them sort of boys. He was he was mega 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 fast. So anyway, we I. Um, his dad run a, a stock 600 team, motor breakers. I used to go and spanner for them on a weekend. 
And I met a, 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 who's a real good friend of mine now. I met Ben Curry, who won the championship this year in Supersport. So yes. uh, me and Ben Curry was quite good friends. Um, at one point, there was talks of me going out to live in Australia with him during winter and then coming back and working, like working for his dad in winter in Australia, then coming back. And we were pretty tight. So I, I spanned for Ben. And at this time, I don't know, I was probably about 25 and... Um, I remember he went out for and had a bad race. Well, in, in, he had a bad race and he came in and he was upset. And I said, mate, I said, I just wish I could just sit on the grid and be out there and just qualify to sit there. Never mind, you know, moaning about finishing 10th or... Right. Just, just to qualify would be brilliant. And um, that's all where we left it. And, and after that, you know, work took over. I, I parked. I didn't really work too much at BSB anymore. And... Um, Got really fr- a pally with Malcolm Ashley, who uh, and Ray and Ray Stringer and, and some some really knowledgeable guys. And uh, Malcolm Ashley rang me up, and he had moved out to Bulgaria. In a, yeah, uh, Budapest. He was living in Budapest, and he was he'd been building ZX tens for for people, and he was running them uh, at the Hungara ring. And he built a ZX10 stock thousand bike for Nico Cipriani to run in the stock thousand championship in 20, that would be 2017, maybe 2018. Yeah, 2017, 2018, something like that. And um, he rang me up. He said, Do you want three days' work at the Hungar Ring? You know, spannering this bike while we ride it round. He said, Bring your levers, bring your helmet. You can, you can maybe have a go. So, um, I, I bought a set of leathers because I'd had a go on a CB500 at, at Mallory Park. So I put a set of leathers in a helmet in a bag, flew over to, to Budapest to work for three days and Malk let me go out and have a go, really enjoyed it. And I ended up spending three days riding a ZX-10 around the Hungara ring. It was my first proper experience of, of riding on track. Um, and, it, and, I, and I loved it. And after that, I came back and... I think I flew back on the Monday night from from Budapest, and by the Tuesday I'd sold all my motocross bikes, and I think by the Thursday I'd bought a ZX6, and um, that was in twenty, that was in like early twenty eighteen. So then I went and did a couple of track days, and, and did my ACU license, and I did four rounds of the novice of the novice six hundred championship in eighteen, in nineteen. Um, I did the full season at, at, pre, at the um, Thundersport um, pre-national 600 championship. And then the following year, I won the pre-national 600 championship. Um, pretty, it was it was COVID year. It was a real, there's a bit of a story about me winning that championship. I think I won it more out of being clever than I did out of being outright fast. But um, so I won the pre-national, I won the pre-national championship and that was, 2020 um and then 2021 i did the prelly super series with no limits um and then did the odd wild card at, at, at bsb just to sort of see how i got on and then um yeah so this year i went and did a full season um i did sorry i did the following year i did prelly super series again and then 2022 i think i did something like i don't know 26 race meetings in a, in a year i did three championships wild cards i was riding every weekend just to that's what i found made me made me progress so when i won the pre-national year covid came stopped all racing uh, i saved my money up 
and as the, 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 the second um, uh, the track's open for track days because racing didn't start till later on in the year because of COVID. So as soon as they opened up, I went boom, three days a week I was riding a bike. That Monday, Wednesday weekends, Monday, Wednesday weekends. I went and I loaded me van up and I went and spent two weeks traveling around the country doing track after track after track after track after track. So by the time the season started in 2020, I'd done probably, I think I did something like 34 track days. And um, uh, and my goal at, at that point um, was I just wanted to be somewhere around a podium, fighting for a podium. And uh, I went out in qualifying. I qualified everybody by about two and a half seconds a lap. And then in the first race, I think I won the first race by 18 seconds. You know, it was just overnight. Um, and it wasn't really because I was much faster than anybody else. It was more because I was nice and limber and warm because I put plenty of laps in already that year. And then as the year went on, progressively people got closer to me. So I won every race pretty much um, until the last run at Cadwell where the, my head fell off a little bit because of the pressure of, of you know, I, I went into the last round 100, 175 points clear of second. Um so I just I just sort of nursed it round for that year, and then moving on, I went into BSB this year for a full season riding for Merlin, um, which is a friend's dad. He's set up a team with his son, and he gave me a ride just to go and put bike in the on and sort of tag along with them. And it was a it's been a, a tough year and a big learning curve. And there's nobody on that grid that can't ride a bike. So yeah, it's been that's sort of me. I just I became a mechanic and then decided to have a go that's uh that's a great story man it's uh mm. proper dude congratulations on the championship i mean how did it feel winning your first race let alone winning that championship that year your mind had to been like what just happened yeah it was it was it was it was sweet i mean when i started racing all through the motocross years i've always been um i've always been somebody that likes to progress likes to challenge myself um, and, and, and as soon as I start coming towards and near the front of something, I move up. So, so up to 2020, I'd never, ever, ever won a race through the motocross or anything because as soon as I come anywhere near winning a race, I'd, I'd move up to the next. So I always want to challenge myself. So going into pre-national year, I still sit here today and say that I wasted a year because the year was too easy. And what I should have done is should have moved up. But at the time, I, I was in my head was the year before I was scraping top tens, and I expected maybe somewhere around top five, top three, but to, to outright just to just to win race after race after race after race that year was was unexpected. Um, so yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was a it was a nice easy year. You know, when it's going right, it's an easy sport. It's a, it's real rewarding. It's um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's. Uh... Yeah, that that's awesome. Do you know Nikki Williams? Yes, I'm a, okay. I, 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 yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he's actually watching, man. What is up, Nikki? What's going on, man? He he always a uh, big supporter of the podcast, man. So yeah, absolutely, man. And obviously, you know my mate uh, Jake Marsh too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him him and his dad Peter are uh, amazing people. So how did how did the whole mechanic thing? come into play like how did you get into mechanics well in all honesty um when i was when my parents split up um i couldn't 
my dad, my dad's, I, I understand why he did it now, but my dad's always been, you pay your own way. Um, so I couldn't really afford people to fix my engines and, um, I'm a diesel fitter by trade. So I, I work on, I used to, I used to work on heavy plant and trains and boats and, and, and tanks and, you know, all that sort of stuff, building engines on big, heavy plant. And, um, I was doing my apprenticeship at the time and, uh, I couldn't afford really anybody else to work on my bike. So I just had to learn. So I started building engines and, and doing bike repairs from my dad's garage and set up a little shop where um, people was dropping bikes off at my dad's garage and I was fixing them to, to earn a little bit of cash to help me on my way. Um, and I became quite busy. You know, I, I remember once my dad going on holiday and coming back and knitting, going berserk because I had something like 15 motorbikes in his garage and he couldn't get to it. He couldn't get his own stuff out of the garage. Um, so I, I did get quite popular. And um, yeah, it was, it's, it was that sort of how the mechanicing came about. And then um, I used to fix bikes for, you know, a couple of couple of lads who did road racing. They'd come to me and I'd fix some motocross bikes. And then I got invited to go and help the odd weekend at British and then you know you get a little bit of a, a reputation for being a good mechanic and then before you know it you, at the end of the year somebody else had offered me a job um and I, I came across I've, you know I've worked with some riders over the years whether they remember working with me or not um you know Jake Dixon um, I've worked with Jake proper um, he was back then he was he was his, he was just coming into stock six and he did a wild card for motor breakers Brad Ray he was yep. another lad that came through um, James Lodge, Jonathan Lodge, um, uh, Jimmy Rose, Alex Olsen. You know, these are all these boys. When we went out to Spain with Alex Olsen for a few weeks, testing. Um, and then and Ben Curry came through motor breakers. And, and me and Ben had quite a... He was just a, a young kid then, you know, from Australia. Didn't know much. Um, in a clattered... He had a, he had a battered old caravan and a, a Peugeot 206 towing it. And... Um, oh. God, two oh six stone a camper. Yeah. No, yeah. that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, so, so me and Ben had a, had a good uh, and and his uh, and his and his wife now. So she was still she was there. So we've I've known Ben and his wife for for probably ten years now, and um, and his dad Dean as well. So it, this year was nice that you know all them years trying to get Ben to to where he wanted to be and supporting Ben. To be my first year in BSB is a year that Ben Wind finally wins a championship was was quite quite sweet, you know. Kind um, of full circle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I actually met Ben um uh because a good mate of mine, Dave Neal. I, I you, you know Dave Neal, right? Uh the mm -hmm. off track podcast, Dave Neal. Uh yeah. Yeah. Uh obviously it looks a bit like it looks a bit like Johnny Bravo. He, dude, don't he? That's yeah. awesome, Ben. I yeah. love it, dude. Johnny Bravo. I'm gonna tell him. Be like, bro, I'm, <laughs> that's good stuff, Johnny Bravo. Mama warned me about girls like you. I hope yeah. she's right. Yeah, I hope she's right. Uh -huh. That's good uh -huh. stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah, I love it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, I had, I had a chat with Ben uh, Curry, and I met his wife. Uh, good lad, man. Great. Uh, was. He was leading the championship at Cadwell, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, yes. I think yes. he just I think he'd just gone to lead them, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because I know it wasn't either. It was either right after or right before he actually yeah, yeah. Mm. Right but I think at that I think at that point he'd not won a race yet. When he first went into the championship, he'd not won a race all year. 
Um, and then I think he'd had a few seconds. Ben, you know, he's, he's, he's always been, you know, second. And he had second, 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 real consistent. And obviously he had um, Stapleford and, um, yeah. you know, Stapleford and the Gear League boys, Tom Buffet, Moss and... and um, they was all crashing into each other, knocking each other off. And hey, Tom Booth Amos decided he wanted to try and be Evil Knievel at Knock Hill. Holy cow! Yeah. <laughs> I just watched that race again. I was like, I forgot about that. Like he got that line really wrong. <laughs> well, I, I, as you go up the hill, um, as yeah. you go up the hill there's like there's a blind the blind chicane. There's yeah. real aggressive curbs on the inside, and if, if you're not careful, you don't see the curb until you're going to hit it. You know, it's it's oh god. It's real blind. I was asking yeah. about that track, but it, we'll, we'll circle back around to that. But yeah, Amos decided he dukes a hazard that thing. Like, that was bad. I'll I, 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 I tell you what, Ben just this year, I think he just shown his experience, if I'm honest. Yeah. He um, he just plugged away at it, kept kept calm, just kept on chipping away. But I tell you what, as soon as they got that Ducati, as soon as they got that Ducati right, off he, off he, off he was. You know, he was he, gone. He was gone, yeah. But I think that a lot of that was to do with. How there was um, how there was balancing the bikes. So there was, the, you know, the, the Ducati was new this year. The, the JSX R750 was new this year. The Triumph 765, you know, was new this year. And all through the year, there was altering the throttle, the amount of throttle restriction. So I think Ben ended up on something like 77% throttle. I know Irwin maybe had a little bit more. And you could see through the year, you could see as they started getting the Ducati right. And as I started strangling the Suzuki a little bit to slow it down, you could see that Irwin was having to ride the Suzuki really hard to, to, to get anywhere near the front. And and, and Ben's bike, I think, being the Ducati, the, where the power, it made the power, I think it sort of suited it. Um, and, and I was talking to Ben at Thruxton, and he said, you know, the actual throttle restriction, I think they took 3% off him at Thruxton. And he said it actually made him faster because what it did was at Thruxton, it's all about not spinning the rear tyre. And um, the sort of taking the, th the throttle position meant that he could snap the throttle back, and it was just right not for spinning the rear tire, and it meant that it, it kept his tire life and, and, and made him fast. So, um, yeah, so yeah, he's um, he's he's done well this year, and I'm, I'm really happy for him. Yeah, me too. He's a uh, <clears throat> big congratulations. Uh, nobody deserves it more, especially for those injuries he come back from. Right, all the struggles that a lot of people don't know about, especially Americans, right? That's why I tell everybody that BSB is my favorite race organization. It's not because of Ben Curry. It's 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 because the you guys don't the, the superbikes don't have no rider aids, right? It, it's it's not a PlayStation, it's down to the old school proper. This is your tracks control, right? So I mean, to me, I mean the, the Kawasaki 636 I rode this year doesn't even have a blipper. We're still we're still all mechanical blipping. Dude. And and everybody, you just heard it. That's why I love BSB, man. It's it's old school, proper racing. Mm -hmm. And and but uh, one thing that uh, we Americans do in our race in Moto America better than anybody else, Moto GP, World Superbike, BSB, everybody, is that we have an open paddock. So, like mm -hmm. example at, at, at Cadwell, right? Like, yeah, people can meet everybody because the riders actually got to physically go across the track. Right. So if you stand right there, they have to come that way. So you're, you're good. You're going to meet them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, where in Moto America, Ben, you just you, you pay your $80 or whatever it is for the weekend, your parking pass and you can it's open shop. You can walk up to anybody, talk to any mechanic, mm -hmm. any rider. And and I think that's wonderful for the sport. Right. Because yeah. I think it attracts more people because everybody that, that, that shows up like I want to meet Benny Grayson. 
Like, that's one of the reasons why I'm coming to watch this, but I want to meet Benny, right? This is one of my goals going to the race. Fans want to meet their their heroes, right? And, and the people that they look up to, right? And when you show up to a race and you don't get that opportunity, right? You're, you're less inclined, in my opinion, to go back the following year when you can just sit at home with your mates, drink some pints or whatever, and just have a good old time at home and not have to spend the travel money or whatever, right? Um, versus if Go ahead. What, what people don't don't really well, what people don't realize, and many people do, but a lot of people don't, is that um, you know we're just working guys. You know, we're we're no different to to, to you, or we're no different to certainly I'm not any different to you know I work Monday to Friday just like anybody else. Um, you know, I pay a lot of money to go race my motorbike. You know, um, and and that's how I see. It. You know, and you know I've kids coming up asking for autographs I'm, I, why do you want my autograph you know i'm just a working class guy i go to work i, I just like riding a motorbike at the weekend and that's just that's just the, the top and bottom of it it doesn't really mean anything you know um yeah. and and this this sport of bsp it lives on the passion from the riders because ultimately you know if i asked if i asked you guys who won super sport who came second in super sport last year you wouldn't be able to tell me the answer or, or very few people would be able to because people forget quite quickly and yeah. people don't understand, you know, it's only the people that really know, you know. So, you know, in, 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 in three or four years' time, nobody will remember Benny Grayson. And I'm okay with that because I'm in this just to do the best I can do and to be the best version of rider I can be. You know, I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm better than most. Um, I'm not as good as some and, and I'm, I'm okay with that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's man. That's it. yeah. I mean, you're right, right? You you got to be okay in the situation you're in and be comfortable in your own skin, right? And and yeah. and, and meet your own expectations and your own own goals, right? We we all have them. So let, let me ask you this: uh, going into 2023, what was your expectations coming into the season versus what you actually uh, uh, did? Well. It, it sort of turned itself on its head because when I did the wild cards in 22, Supersport was dying. You know, yeah. I scored, I scored British Championship points in my first round. You know, qualified, scored British Championship points, so top 15. Um, all this good stuff, absolutely on paper, sounds brilliant. But actually, the reality of a Supersport class was dying. Um, and then I signed up to, um, I signed up to do the British Supersport in 2023. So. I thought, right, if I can regularly get points and then score points, you know, I've done it already, you know, I can score points. And and then, you know, the, the British Championship decided to bring in this next generation of um, super sport bikes. And um, I think it had something to do with some of the clubs in in, in, in over here uh, shut down. So Thundersport GB, which was a key player in the in the club racing scene, shut down. And it left a load of lads like us that were front runners at club racing. And, you know, mediocre British British riders, you know, that are just cutting our teeth at that level. It sort of left us nowhere to go. And and a lot of people went to the British paddock. And then all of a sudden, it went from British Supersport having 20 riders on the grid to all of a sudden, some rounds, 50 riders turned up trying to qualify for 40 spots. You know, so it made the championship from a relatively dying championship to this oversubscribed, competitive, you know, you know, axe murderers class, to call it. Um, and it... And it, it it was good for the sport, um, but what it did, it, it, it sort of my expectations that I wanted to achieve a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, 
So my expectations going into the year was to score some point, you know, score points, which I did in the end. In the end, towards the end of the year, I got back to scoring points, which was which was good after a tough start. Um, but I haven't really got an expectation. My expectation is as long as every round, uh, every time I go to a racetrack, I go faster than I went the last time there. I'll keep on going because I'm a big believer, and if you keep on putting one step in front of each other, you'll get somewhere at the end. Yeah. And and I, and, I, and I think when you start racing so such so, so late in in your age as I did at 27, started racing, it's really hard to start comparing yourself to some of the younger guys that have been at it. You know, uh, you know, ten years before you. So I'm happy with what I'm doing. Um, I think I, I had a I had a podium in the Super Sport Cup. Um, yeah. I scored, I think I scored three British Championship points. But really, the, the season was a really, real bad start. So we um, went to the Motec Electronics. I don't know if you know anything about Motec yeah. Electronics, but yeah. yep. we had to go to the M130 Motec Electronics for the for the rules. Um, I had CDH Superbike in my corner, you know, doing my data and stuff. And because because my budget's small, you know, I've got... I've got a, a partner, three kids. I work for a living, and and, and Motex ten thousand pounds plus fat. Yeah. So you're talking sixteen thousand pounds yeah. for to, to buy the kit. So uh, I managed to find a second hand kit um, for a Kawasaki, uh, relatively cheap, off a friend, um, and I put it on the bike, and it ran okay for a round, and then all of a sudden, I had re some real weird electronic problems going on, and it, it, every round it would it, it either blow a sensor or blow a regulator or do a stator or a generator or coil sticks and it, it, strange things was going on and I had I had some really knowledgeable guys I had Motec looking at it and everybody was scratching their head and people was guessing what we thought was wrong with it and this 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 went on until probably Knockhill in fact no, it was after Knockhill it was Snetterton and at Snetterton and I, I said enough's enough I, I it, it was it was getting me to the point where I was ready for just packing in you know, yeah. I was spending all this money. I was getting nowhere. I think I finished one race or two races up to that point all year. Yeah. And um, it actually transpired to be the loom that had been made wasn't a genuine Motec loom. It was um, so it was an aftermarket loom that somebody had made. And the wires in the loom, the main power wires, were too too narrow. And what oh, it was doing at, at full RPM, it was acting like a restricted resistor and not and not letting the current to the dash in the ECU. And it was because of that. The dash then does crazy things like um, he has compensation maps and, and, dwell, and altering dwell times and things because of the voltage difference, and it was blowing things up. And after that was fine. I, so we went. So we went. Uh, I went back to uh, Kit Electronics, which uh, basic plug and play. And um, yeah, and then, then the season started for me. So the season didn't really start for me until probably snetter to halfway through the year. So I'd fought with it until then, but then after that, it, you know, I, you know, I owe a lot of, um, I owe a lot of uh, thanks to the, one of my best friends, Joss, uh, who's my mechanic, because without it, without him, I'd have packed up, I'd have packed everything up and got home. He kept the morale going, kept talking to me, you know, and um, yeah, so we got going again then, and and, and we, we did relatively okay after that. You know, we started, you know, we was just missing out on Q two by tenths, yeah. you know. It, nearly every round and it was like we was really making progress then we got to Alton Park and had a third and we had that third and it was it was like 
it was night and day. So at the beginning of the year, we was, was fighting a bike that didn't want to play ball. And then towards the end of the year, we, was, we, we had a podium in the Supersport Cup. And we scored and we scored some British Championship points. And then all of a sudden, you're right in the mix of it. Um, so, yeah, that was... that was So ultimately, the goal to, was just to finish the year to start with. Right. Um, and then as the year went on, we started just moving our goals about to, to just get a bit better. Yeah, that's... Dude, that's... I think you had... For the trials you have because that's also part of racing right that that's mm -hmm. everybody goes to it all the riders all the teams there's always i mean daniel's gone through it i've gone through it you know it's always something right when it, when it nothing's ever perfect we all know that right it's it's yeah it's it's very rare if it is and even then there's something else that's something wrong somewhere so yeah i yeah. didn't get a chance to go to coda this year for uh moto america but the team that i'm crew with did a motor and ecu swap friday night saturday realized the mo it, it's a cbr 1000 sp1 they put an sp2 motor in it and had the same problems guy martin was having and like you know transmissions a bag of neutrals and swapped the motor back in saturday night for sunday and i was just like oh my god i'm sitting there talking to him like you guys are nuts like i understand why we're doing it but man this is a lot of work yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually actually it's thruxton um so my mechanic Joss, he's he's got a little lad called Seth. So I met Joss. Um, I teach mini motos to kids on a, on a Sunday morning. Um, That's awesome. I, I enjoy it. You know, I had my daughter started showing a bit of an interest, so uh, I went up and I met the guy. She was riding around, and the guy who run the place sort of knew of me, and he asked if I'd start doing some teaching. So I started doing some tuition, and I met Joss, who is my mechanic. His lad had leukemia. Um, oh and yeah. He was it was quite lucky. So at four years old, I think he was given something like a 95% mortality rate. He had a 5% oh, wow. chance of living. God. And, um, so they went through a real tough time with, with yeah. Seth. And it, th thankfully he went through a load of treatment and, and I'm not, I'm not going to the treatment. I don't fully understand it, but he, he he's come out the other side and he's, he's good. He's, good, good, good. I think he's just, he's just turned eight. He's still on, he's still having his, some treatment, but, um, He's eight years old. He's doing mini moto and he's riding really well at the minute. And um, awesome. But but that what that means is sometimes he, he he can fall ill on a race weekend and 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 Joss has to go. You know, yeah. and, and 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 the rule is with Joss because Joss is committed to my racing, which I really appreciate. But the rule is that I would fall out with him if I ever found out that he didn't go home to his lad yeah. you know, if he was poorly. So at Thruxton, uh, Joss had to go, and um, and the same weekend I blew two engines up. So no, <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had no mechanic and I was riding, blew an engine up, back to the garage and then the leathers would be off and tools would come out and I had to swap an engine and then it was, oh, it, was it was horrendous. You know, you know, it was, yeah. it, it, I was, I was rider, I was a mechanic, I was, you know, everything. And I was just a one man band that weekend. I, I was in the team, I was in the team, but Dave, Dave looks after Zach, my teammate, um, and, and Josh looks after me. But, you know, I can't put it all on Dave. Dave was helpful and he helped here and there where yeah. he could. But, but ultimately, down to me, so that was, that was a hard one. But Yeah, I bet. You know. Yeah, you got through it, right? I mean, it's – Yeah, uh, you got through it. I mean, that, that's part of it too, man. So, Benny, your expectations going into 2024 and you're on a new motorcycle, not a Kawasaki anymore, correct? Yeah, I've um, – I've, I'm on an R6 now. I've just, just been over to Portugal testing that for three days. Um, I say testing very loosely. There was, I think there was a bit more drinking than testing. But um, as we, it should be in the off season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it was uh, it was good. Um, yeah, so I'm on the Yamaha. The Yamaha's a nice bike. Um, chassis wise, brilliant. A lot different to the Kawasaki. Uh, not as fast um, and a little bit more expensive to run by all counts. But um, yeah, I like it. So so going into next year, it, I'm just gonna do the same again. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do the first couple of rounds, see where we are. You know, it could be it could be a real difficult um, couple. It could be a real difficult start to the season. You know, it's a bit uncertain with all the, all the class changes at BSB. Yeah. Um, there's little Daisy there. Look, little hey. Daisy. Hi, there. Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so. Um, Everyone's a little bit uncertain on on grid sizes for one, you know, fifty yeah. this year for, and stock six going. There's some real fast stock six boys there, so guys like me that are you know are just breaking in, it could make it real tough for us again. Um, yeah. Which which you know you, you have to be a realist and know exactly where you are. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's uncertain, so it's really hard to set a goal without knowing what the competition or the depth yeah. of field looks like. So next year got the MRR, um I've got all the same sponsors staying with me. Um, plus, plus uh, the the sponsor that 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 helped me buy the bike. Um, he's he, D again, another guy that I met Mini Moto in. Taught his lad to ride a, a metric kit. Lovely lad, little Riley. Um, and his dad, you know, is really thankful for what I've done with Riley. Which to me, I, I don't feel like I've done anything. I've just just been a friend to him and I tried to help him. That's right. He's a young lad. He's a young lad learning his way through bike racing, learning, you know, the ups and downs, and it's just getting him through the downs so that he can find the ups at a young age. And and I enjoy it. So um, so when so when Dee's, you know, he's been really um, helpful. You know, I don't see that I deserve it, but he's he's been he's been a good guy. You know, he's he's helped me buy the bike. Um, so yeah, so the goal is that to go and do Super Sport Cup again. I just get faster, you know. If if I can lose a second at each lap, it's a second a lap on each circuit. Every time I go back to it, you know, like I can say eventually you'll get somewhere. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, Harry Cook is watching. What is going on, Harry? He says, "Evening, Benny." Yeah, what's <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, How's it going, Harry? Yeah. Hey, Harry uh, just signed for a new team too. I guess the announcement's coming out here soon. I, I can't wait to see, uh, hear his news and, and where he's going. Yeah. So congratulations, Harry, and uh, yeah, mm. man. I wish you'd yeah, ha ha Harry. Ha Harry was on the MV this year. The the, yep. the MV, lovely bike, absolutely lovely bike, gorgeous. Yes, beautiful. Nobody oh, yeah. races them here. There's like two. Like uh, there's a Brazil Danilo Silva races one and. There's like one other guy that races, but this guy, the the other guy that ran it, he's bouncing between a V2 Panigale and an MV. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what this guy does for a living. So he's got yeah. way too much. He needs better friends if he's racing both of these bikes. Right. Because what we can find somebody to race the other one for him. Right. Well, yeah. we got one right here, Benny. We'll bring Benny <laughs> over here, put him in Come on, America. We'll get him on something. Ooh. That's it. Uh, we'll yeah, but Harry, Harry was a, a, I don't know if you know much about Harry. Harry was a good, good 400 rider. So. Yeah. Uh, I used to do build a couple of Ninja 400s for the 400 paddock, um, and uh, Harry was a good little rider on the 400s. I think he won't mind me saying that he's, he's probably not fulfilled his potential. It, it will come, it will come because he's young enough for it to come. But I think this year he's um, not 
done as well as you probably expected to. Um, you know, I've had a good couple of battles with Harry riding around, and um, I've also seen a couple of his big eyesides. He had a big one at uh, Brands Hatch. I was behind him at Brands Hatch, and he he managed to bash that envy up a little bit. But um, I also he also had a big one at, um, at Thruxton as well. I was behind him there as well when he at Thruxton. But yeah, he's a he's a good rider, Harry, and I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll come strong. Yeah, for sure. I'll let him. I'll let him share the news on where he's going. Um, yeah, yeah. No, you know, the rumor, the good. rumor mills flying awesome. around. You know how it is. Yeah, I can't wait to hear. It's a uh, yeah, man. I'm a fan of all you guys. Every single body in the paddock in BSB, I'm a I'm a huge fan of. I think it's uh yeah, Andy DeBruno is on the MV and in um yeah, it was Andy. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. Andy. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, Robert Langford's watching too. So thank you. That's um, that. That's the uh, our team general manager. Okay, <laughs> the our general manager. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> We got a guy over here in BSB, man. Let's bring him over here and put him on the bike, man. Let's make it happen. Got a motorcycle. If you want to find me, if you want to find me a bike, I'll get on a flight and come and ride it. No problem. I know that's right. I know that's. We right. can get you on. We can get you a weird a club race, probably, but a Moto America race, I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe you never know. So, but hey, we if we can come up with a motorcycle. We could probably do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean the Daytona. I'd love to do the Daytona. Oh, I mean, the thing, the thing is just crazy. You know, them big bank turns. They, them big bank turns look 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 good fun. Yeah, it, Harry says thanks, Benny. Very true comments. Daytona's no fun, but if you don't tune the motor right, you'll go through an entire year's budget in three days. So, because you will literally, because Ryan, when you had Ryan Wolf on, he was talking about it. He runs uh, Twins Cup, which is like yeah. Super Twins. He went through an SV motor in three laps or something like yeah. that, something ridiculous. Yeah, so, crazy. yeah, it's Daytona's. Daytona's amazing. The the place is massive. I know you guys have Rockingham over there. I don't know how no. big. Oh, is it gone? Gone. Yeah, Rockingham's oh, Rockingham's now a car park. Yeah. Oh, boo. Well, yeah, y'all, yeah. you had Rockingham, but I don't know how big that it, was. But they here's a fun fact for you: uh, Rockingham was built to do NAS, like a NASCAR. They were trying to bring mm -hmm. NASCAR over to the UK. Yeah. Do you know why? It, do you know why it was never used? Mm -mm. Because they built the garages six inch too narrow, and they couldn't get the cars in and out. No way. Of course, of course. dude. <laughs> oh, god. oh my god. Right, that was true. man. You guys heard it here first, right? That's yeah, man. That's crazy. That's <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. How it's a car park now, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That's where that, my, my my partner Jade. Um, that's where I met Jade at Rockingham. Oh, nice. Oh, so, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was in the in the bar after too many tequilas. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Either a good story or a horrible, oh, a horrible story. story. <laughs> it's either gonna be one or two too, ways. Too many tequilas. Uh, Again, there's no gray area. Especially with tequila. Yeah. <laughs> There's absolutely no gray area. No, somebody's uh, uh, going to do the walk of shame if it don't end right. Right. The next morning when you wake up, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got you. But, yeah, so, Benny, it's funny because I met my wife on a blind date. Um, yeah, and we're uh, still together, even though sometimes I try to give her back to her dad, but he tells me there's no exchanges or refunds, so I'm kind of stuck with it. So. Yeah, you signed, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, you ain't getting rid of that. You no, no, I mean, I, I really did meet her on a blind date, but no, I wouldn't give her back for, for anything. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really lucky with 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 Jay. She's she's super laid back and gets me get away with murder, really, because yeah. um, I work away during the week, and you know, in the BSB weeks, I could be away, you know, Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. I come home on a Wednesday. Drop a bag, pick another bag up, get in the motor home, and off we go to BSB. So, I think in, I think we worked out between 
July and August, I think in two months, I think I spent something about six nights in my own bed in, in two months. And um, yeah, there's not many, not many partners that, that let you get away with that, but she does, no. you know, she, she understands. So I'm, I'm, I'm very That's awesome. Good for behind, you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, behind every good man, it, it is a good woman, right? You, you got to have that foundation. I mean, listen, my, my wife fully supports the podcast and doing what I'm doing. I mean, there's times where she's like, dude, get off the phone. Right. And, and that, <laughs> that was the biggest hurdle for me, man, was trying to, cause I was so excited. Right. I'm like, dude, I get to talk to him and I'm going to do a video chat with him and set up this podcast. You know, I'm just, I'm such a fan of the sport, Benny, that when I get to sit down and, and talk to you, even though we had a bad connection at the hotel and all, dude, mm -hmm. that makes my, my day. That's when I wake up in the morning and I know I got a video chat with somebody, my whole day is complete. Like it's, it's an man. awesome day, right? It's, it's what I really look forward to. And, and I got a woman that, that, yeah, she stands behind me. I just, sometimes it's hard for me to uh, give them both the same attention, if you know what I mean. Right. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah it's uh yeah, but, but it, it's amazing. Uh, so Benny do 2024 BSB. I can't wait. Uh, riding the R6 versus the Kawasaki. What was the major thing you noticed right off the, right off the bat? Right off the bat, the chassis. Um, the, the, the front end is is much pl more planted, um, and, and and I'm quite I'm, I'm quite little. I mean, you you've met me. I'm, yeah. I'm quite I'm, I'm quite short, and and what I find with Kawasaki, I've got quite a short torso, so the tank on the Kawasaki is quite tall, and I struggle getting tucked in on the Kawasaki because I can't physically get over the tank. Um, where on the Yamaha, you know, you're riding along and, and you know the tanks, tanks on your chin. Yeah. It just, it just, I feel much more seated and much more comfortable on the on the Yamaha from the off. You know, um, so yeah, I do feel a lot more comfortable. It's a lot narrower. The, the, the chassis is really good. It gives plenty of feedback. Um, the downside to the, the Yamaha, it's it's a lot slower than the Kawasaki, and uh, noticeably slower. Um, I think uh, people people. Um, I've always had a reputation for having uh, fast bikes, um, and you know, it's, you know, when I, you know, when you win, when you go winning races at club level, I was always, I was always, you were always speculated I was cheating, which I wasn't. Right. You know, the, um, but but the ZX6 this year I had was like 140. I think we saw 147 on a dyno, but that was with a lot of ram air. Um, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot ZX6. Yeah. On, a, on the BSB dyno, we showed like 141, 140. Um, so it's quite a solid, solid fast bike, um, and it, it would it would move, and it was always you know it's always somewhere in the speed traps quite well. Um, the downside to it was that the front end um, with the Kawasaki, when you go fast in a Kawasaki, I always find it feels fast because the things moving, it's chattering, it's and. Um, we tried all sorts, you know. I, I've got some good friends who know know how to set bikes up, and they you know, go soft, go soft, go soft on the Kawasaki. And I, I tried going soft, and then you touch other people are going hard. And I'll be honest, I got I got lost with it. I just yeah. I, I didn't know what to do next to, to find that next step. Um, and then the chance of this Yamaha came up, um, and I, the Yamaha. The good thing about the Yamaha was because I'm a mechanical person, and I do a lot of the mechanics myself, and what I do is I think about things too much. So when I'm putting springs in, I get lost because I start thinking about how it's going to react and what's going to change. And, da, 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 da. and I get and I time myself in not sometimes trying to think about it too much. Um, so buying the Yamaha, I bought it off to Tom Fisher, who ran um, Sam Laffins and, and yeah. Nash Durham this yeah. year. He owns the GS 
Kawasaki team. He rides a Yamaha at club and he had this brand new Yamaha sat there. And I took it out to, to Mallory Park on a, on a track day and I, I, I didn't know what springs he had in it and I didn't care, if I'm honest. And I would just sort of, I'll ride it and see how we get on. And and that's sort of what I've done. I've just rid it in it. And then I rode it at Mallory Park, felt really good. I thought, Joe, what, I'm just going to race this at the last round at, at Brands Hatch. So I parked the Kawasaki up in the garage because the bike's mine. So I just parked it up in the garage, pulled the Yamaha out, went to Brands Hatch and went, it's one of them, you know, if, if I qualify, I qualify. If I don't, I've got a valid excuse because it's a bike that I've I've never had anything else but a Kawasaki. It's a right. completely new bike. So we went out and we we was I think it was about half a second slower than I was in the cup with the Kawasaki the year before. Bear in mind it's twenty brake horsepower slower, um, and we qualified and and a, and a road round and uh, saw your mate Jake Marsh throw himself to the moon, um, <laughs> and. Yeah, I just I just rid round and just I, I I wasn't risking anything because the bike for next year I didn't want to go cartwheeling it and so it, it was iffy conditions all weekend so I just I just I just rode round just rode round get as get as much data and we say data it's not even data that's 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 a lie it's just, right you just go round and get a feel get get a feel for the bike and yeah just, you know it's yeah it was coming off a of Kawasaki so my first bike was a Kawasaki. And I've had a ZX6R. Is it is the only bike I've ever raced until this Yamaha. So so it was like a big change, a big step change for me. I had no spare parts. I had no gearing. I, had, I was buying things at the track, trying to get the gearing right. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Just just rid the Yamaha. So yeah, so Yamaha next year. Um, got a few bits through to over winter to make it a little bit faster and and, and get it right. But. Looking forward to it. I actually, I actually look forward to riding the Yamaha. Because Kawasaki was a bit like, it was a bit of, it was a bit of a pig to ride. Right, right. And, and so, uh, so a, a lot of Americans don't know neither. Like uh, in the six hundred Super Sport class, they actually have another class called the GP two class, right? Yeah. And you guys race together. And so, from my understanding, too, uh, uh, the GP two class is going to go on next year, too. Correct. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's it's a good idea, and. It, it hasn't really taken off like yeah. I think they expected it to. I think the yeah. idea was that as as the production 600 market declined, which it is doing, that's why they've had to yeah. use 750s and 899s and all yeah, the other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Same here. The, yeah. They ex expected the GP2 class to sort of take off. But it, I think the problem with the GP2 class is um, because the chassis are race chassis, there's a lot of race linkages and, and yokes yeah. and... And, and I think there's not enough people that know how to set up a GP2 bike. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, again, um, Jody Fieldhouse, I think, has, has fell yep, guilty. I know Jody. Yep. I think she's fell guilty to that. I think she would have gone much better if she was on a production bike with, yeah. with, a, with, a, with a, you know, um, like an R6 or a, but, you know, she decided to go down the FTR route. I think it was, I think it was an FTR. Yeah, route, I, th uh, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. So she read the FTR and, I, and, and I'll be honest, she, she has a really good team around her, her dad and everybody, and they do some, you know, when she blew it up, you know, and it set on fire and nobody expected yeah. They got it out the next day, and that's great. You know, they've got a real committed team, but the knowledge in setting up them sort of bikes is different to, to setting up a, 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 a stock production. bike. Yeah, yeah, production, yeah. A production chassis is much easier to set up than one of yeah. them. So I think that's some of it. I think people are very nervous. I think Jake's probably done the best idea and his dad with the getting his 765 triumph 
and, and, and putting a set of GP2 fairings on it. In, and I, I don't know what the rules are in GP2. I haven't really read into yeah. it. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they can get away with that. But they have done, and, and, and fair play to them. Yeah. But there's a few people that have done it. I mean, Luke Wallington did it as well with a, yeah. a 765 Triumph and just put some GP2 and ran it in the GP2. But yeah, I, I, it's a good class. I mean, the, the engineering, I, like, I love the engineering and, and I think it's a shame to put fairings on them GP2. I know, they're beautiful. They're beautiful, beautiful I, yeah. So speaking of that, so yeah, I, I met Jody and walked up to her pit and because the first thing I noticed when I walked by, I was like, man, because I like pink, right? I was like, well, that's a cool bike, right? And then all the, all the fairings were off. I just seen the gas tank. That's the first thing I noticed. And mm. um Oh, dude, the chassis on that thing was—I was like, dude, that's that's not a production bike chassis right there. That's that is a prototype chassis, right? And then Jody comes out, and I put two to two together. Of course, you know it's my first time there. I've never heard of some of the guys and girls, right? Um, mm. And yeah, introduced myself to Jody, and actually, she's she's actually going to come on the podcast. Her and Lizzie Whitmore. I'm I'm gonna get Lizzie on too. So. Yeah. yeah, man, it's proper stuff right there. Yeah, but listen, Ben, let's do this. Let's get away from the motorcycles. I want to know what Ben likes to do away from all this, right? Like, do you favorite book? Do, do you read any books? Uh, I do. I, I do read books. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a sad oak. So uh, I'm, I'm actually currently reading um, Graham Hill's Two Stroke Tuning book. It's a. It's a. I don't know if you've read it. He was. A, he was a go kart tuner, mm-hmm. and. Um, basically put all his life work into a book. So I'm a bit sad. I, I read stuff like that. Um, I just read, I've read Leathered as well by Hopkins. That yep. was a, that, that was, oh, a, that dude, was, that was a brilliant that book. Was, it was, yeah, yeah. Dude, that, right? Dude, yeah. I, mean, I, I ran into John right before he went to Europe when he was racing AMA and yeah. just, hi, I'm a fan. I'm a corner marshal. I'm walking around I'm like, oh, wow, that's Hopkins. Hi. I'm a fan. Click whatever and walk off. I had n- absolutely zero idea about anything that, that guy was doing. Yeah, I, was, right? I, was, I knew he was almost a factory Yamaha, like Kawasaki motocrosser. But wow! Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, guy. yeah I know he, he's got a brilliant story. Um, so I do read. I, I do read. Um, the, the, I, this question is from Harry. I mean, it's not a question. It just it's a statement. It says, I do like some of the GP2 bikes. There is a new one from Chassis Factory, and it looks trick. Yeah, we'll post does, some yeah. pics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does. That one, I think that one. Uh, um, and this one's from Robert. It says, hey, Ben, what about Ner- uh, Nervara? Uh, yeah, for 2024. Nervara. <laughs> um, again, I think I, I understand the idea behind it, and I just think. I think we need to be very careful, or BSB need to be very careful about. You know, they've made a lot of changes in quite short succession, getting rid of some of the classes, and they're now going to Nevada. Um, they're going to end up pricing out your average guys. You know, you have a yeah. go heroes like us. They're going to end up pricing us out, and I think it'll be a sad day when when yeah. that happens. Me but too, man. Um, I think I think yes, I, I think I'm going to go to Nevada. Um, I've just got to work out logistics, and it, it depends. If the team's going, if the team's not going, it, it, it that throws a sort of spanner in the yeah. works. But um, I would like to go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, Le Mans '66. That was a great movie, dude. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, celebrity crush, Ben. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Margaret Robbie, maybe. Nice. 
Yeah. That works. Yeah. That works. <laughs> so let me ask you this. If we if me and Daniel made a movie about Ben. Oh God. Right. <laughs> what actor what actor would play you in the movie? Probably Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, heard from that. Mark, uh, uh, nice to meet you guys. Enjoy your podcast. Love you guys. Love you too. I'm dropping off my son. Yeah, they're babysitting. Enjoy y'all's podcast, guys. Appreciate you have having a kid. Thanks, homie. Uh, that's my good friend, uh, Dustin. He lives right down the street. His, my my boy and his boy are best friends. They go to school together. He's actually mm-hmm. dropping them off there. They, they got a date night tonight. So there you go. Cool. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're we're keeping them. And li- listen, Ben uh, and and Daniel. A, a lot of my friends. Uh, well, when they come over, they, they always say, "I was like, dude, look, I got this podcast. You guys got to be quiet." And they're, they always want to bust up in here and be like, "Yo, what's up, man?" Blah blah blah. You know, just <laughs> that's what mates do, right, Benny? Come on, yeah. man. That's what mates do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we um we we we. I mean, what what I'm really enjoying. Um, away from the racing, it's still racing. Is uh, Daisy doing her mini moto racing? Yes, and yes. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that. Um, yes. And you know, I've got Josh, my friend. His his lads go. Uh, D he his and his 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 lad goes, and his well, his two lads go. Um, and we've got you know uh, Sambo and and, and Dan. Um, you know, this this I've got a good bunch of friends that we all go mini moto racing with the kids, and all the kids are brilliant friends and. You know, we, we get parked up, we, we we get set up and sit back, kick back, have a few beers and watch the kids race around the mini motos. And it's just good to, you know, I never had the opportunity as a as a as a kid. And, you know, it's something I would have loved to have the opportunity. And, and, and I'm fortunate to be in a position where I can offer that opportunity to, to my kids. So, yeah, it's, I'm really, really um, enjoying that, I would say. Um and um, and Daisy's doing really well. So you know she's 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 loving it. She 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 wants to she wants to, you know she sits and watches the Moto Twos and Moto Threes, the Fab. You know she she's Scarlett Robinson and, and Lissy Whitmore and yeah. all the girls, even Jodie Fieldhouse. You yeah. know she she's and Chloe I think Jones, what, Chloe Jones, yeah, yeah Scarlett Macuso. Yeah. You know I mean I'd say Scarlett Robinson and and, and Charlie Macuso have probably been. Like little idols to her because when she first started doing the Minimoto racing um, or wanting to think about doing Minimoto racing, she didn't believe she could race because she was a girl. And and then obviously, she, you know, I've introduced I introduced her to Charlotte and and, and Scarlett and both of them two have been have been lovely. You know, they've been really good to her and and it's, it, you know, they've been an idol to her. So it's really good. In the paddock, I think FHO has done a good job of, of promoting the, the women's. And I, I hear there's rumours of a, a world cha- a women's world championship. If I am, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. release that. That's happening. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely happening. Yeah. Really fantastic. And, 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 and I don't want and, and, and people sometimes jump to the conclusion and there's mixed opinions on it. But I, I think having I mean, motocross have done it for years, having a women's championship yeah. and a men's championship, and, and and people, you know, they throw uh, Costello and. And Anna Carrasco and say, well, Anna Carrasco won it. Well, she, she did, but you know, Anna was a bit of a freak of nature, you know, for one and for two. You know, you put on a bigger bike. I don't think she would. I think she would be fast outright for one lap, but I don't think she'd ever, you know, compete over race distance because 
I don't think she'd be strong enough. And yeah. I think it's not fair when you've got girls that are putting everything into it and, and trying really hard, then putting them up against a, a, a guys who are much stronger, bigger. Um, t- the testosterone, you know, boys get have testosterone, the girls that have higher level yeah. testosterone. And, yeah. and racing is quite an aggressive sport. So it's, I think it's good to level the playing field and let them have a go at winning something. Me too. We've got a girl here that um, I've been watching this girl race since she was, God, nine years old, Kayla Yakov. She just landed. I don't know if it's, I don't know how much support she's got, but it's a Ducati super sport ride with uh, PJ Jacobson yeah. on the, on the team with her as well. I, I've, I've seen her. She yeah. rode. She she rode in the wet. Uh, she yeah. rode absolutely in the wet somewhere. She rode absolutely fantastic. Didn't she? Yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, New yeah. Jersey race. She was on a, a Stefan. Like we've got a, a, a Colombian rider, Stefano Mesa. He's been club racing. He's from Florida. He's the guy's ridiculous on anything. But she, he jumped onto the BMW superbike when Cameron Bobian got hurt. So that left his ZX6 open. So she jumped on that bike and did really, really well. And now she yeah. got she got picked up by Bobby Rahal, yeah. which is a, an Amer- a big American racer who's, you know, raced Formula One and yeah, Indy cars and all that. Yeah. So they've got yeah. all of the uh connections with Olin's and everything else with through that, but they've put her on the V2. So it's like look her up on YouTube and everything else. She yes, is right. really fast, like yeah. real fast. She's on a she ran uh, an R seven in Twins Cup Super Twins last year and was really quick, really yeah. quick. That's another girl she can watch. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Uh, and then of course, uh, you know, there, there's been talks when I talked to Stuart Higgs when I come out there. Uh, I met Stuart. That, that's one person too I wanted to meet with was Stuart and have a, t- a chat with him because I know he he likes Moto America and uh, he told me that uh, they're bringing the bagger class there. Oh yeah, they are, yeah, yeah, dude, that's gonna be freaking amazing, bro. It's just coaching at a track day. I told you this, Chris, but uh, they brought the entire Vance and Hines team to the track because the guy that won the championship, Hayden Gillum, lives like uh, good night, an hour Harry, half away it. from the racetrack. Night, dude. But uh, they brought they had it. I can't. Didn't get the journalist's name, but there was an English journalist and a photographer, and he was out riding it. And the look on his face when he got off that thing the first time was hysterical. It was He was just like, didn't know what happened. Because granted, the bike weighs 620 pounds, but it's also got 200 and something horsepower. So it's like the yeah. baggers class, we were talking about the baggers class at Cadwell is going to be hilarious. Like It's yeah. just, yeah. uh, well, then- no. But they're not what you think, though, are they? Because I mean, I think the baggers. I think the baggers set off to be a cheap, fun bit of racing, and now the bikes are worth something like two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand pounds. The swing arm, the, just the swing arm to man to machine the swing arm for the Harleys is like forty thousand dollars, thirty five, forty grand. Why? Like you can buy an Indian baggers cup bike from Indian here, ninety two thousand US. Mm. Yeah, that's a they're doing lap times that put them on the same grid as the super sport grid at like road America, like big, long, fast yeah. tracks. Yeah. They're topping, they're hitting 165, 175. Like they're, it's, they're ridiculous. That's they're also the loudest things on the planet, but yeah. <laughs> it's, they're just like, I'm excited. I told Chris, it's about like watching Shaq shoot free throws, but it's, you know, it's, they're, they're entertaining. I'll yeah. say that. I mean, but, I think, I think, you know, BSB has changed over. I would say the last ten years. 
and it's become very commercial. And I, and I get that, you know, it's it's. But we, I think my personal view on it is that it's it's losing its way and it's forgetting that ultimately all those races are customers as well. And yeah. um, and what they're doing is they're not modelling the they're not asking us as customers to BSB what it is we want to race. Um, and and they're coming up with all these weird and wonderful ideas, which is which is great. You know, it's yeah. it's fine, it's good to keep the sport alive and and, all, and and you know, stock six go stock six go in and that was a shame. But I understand that you know it's it's all about the production market and and, and so on and so forth. But um I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this twins class is all about. You know, yeah, me I too. Think- that, yeah. that we started like the twins cup started here in 2018 yeah. that has been usually through the path through the weekend that's usually been the highest sign up to try and make the grid yeah. like cause yeah. depending on the racetrack we'll either have like anywhere from 36 to 39 on the on the grid at the start where you'll have 55 people trying to make the grid so and it's yeah. and the top the Rocco Landers that got what the top kid last year, one of the top three, he was doing lap times at road Atlanta that would have put him on the grid for stock thousand on an Aprilia RS 660. Like yeah. it's the, the class, the class itself is wonderful. Um, we'll see. And did, didn't they do a horsepower limit? It's like 95 horsepower or something like that. Yeah. So you got the Aprilia 660, which I think is making like 105 horsepower. Yeah. Ish. And I think, ish, ish, and then I, th- I think I think you've got the R seven, which I think makes something like seventy or eighty. Yeah, you know, seventy two. Like yes, yeah, okay. Stock, stock for stock yeah. seventy two, but you can the Yamaha once you get up in the higher power ranges, it t- halfway turns into a hand grenade. Yeah. Like I, we the first year, I've one of my a really good friend of mine, Chris Parrish, he won the championship in twenty eighteen, the first year on an SV six fifty. So he was pushing 80, like 86 horsepower with that bike. Yeah. Jumped on the Yamaha the next year, and that thing was pushing 90s, like mid to upper 90s, and he spun a rod bearing coming on a front straight. He didn't have yeah. any of that problem with an SV. So it's, yeah. you, it's putting the glass ceiling in helps, for, especially for the tuning. And that yeah, class, I mean, I'm. Have you seen the cost? Have you seen the cost of the R7 that, that posing 35K to? To build a, a race competitive R seven, yeah, thirty five k. I mean, that's retarded. Yeah, I mean, you go from stock to, stock six was you could you could buy a bike and go and ride. It was twelve grand. Yeah. You know? yeah. Now, what would we to make it cheaper? Well, you have to buy a more expensive bike, which doesn't right. add up. But, no. Yeah. 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 Well, shoot, dude, Benny out here in our junior uh, our junior cup, dude, they, they got twenty thousand dollars in a full honor junior cup bike. Yeah, it's which is insane ridiculous. money, dude. We're talking about four hundred. It's like, what are you kidding me right now? It's, what's the prize? What's the prize money over there? Though? What's your? What's your? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, That's the funniest thing you've said all night. Yeah, uh, yeah, like no. prize money. That's yeah. great. Superbike pays out. I think the top five all get the same amount of money. I think it's something like. <sighs> So last time I heard, and this has been a couple of years, it was like eighty thousand for the year. Yeah. Now, what, what, they, so if you finish, so if you finish in the top five, you get eighty grand. That's super bike. Super bike. That's okay. super bike. That's nothing else. Like the prize money and the prize setup, and again, it could have changed. And with contingency money, depends on what bike you're on and which manufacturer you're with, because. Just again, it just depends on who, what you're riding, and who, what manufacturer is paying out. But you're 
prize money doesn't really exist here right now. It's really glorif. It's re like Moto America, except unless you're in the top, you know, the top echelon of everything. It's really, really, really good club racing. Yeah, yeah. But I and think I would. America, it's coming strong now, though Moto America. So I think I think it's, it's so Moto America. I think in the last five years has become. A higher level it's been it's, it's it classed as a higher level of racing than what it was five years ago i think oh, more respectable more respectable yeah. yeah it so nascar bought it mm. and the re, like there was a i heard john hopkins talked about it and he was like yeah they bought it to keep the numbers keep the viewership numbers on tv away to like keep it toward nascar and kill the road racing series off just to kill the whole series off in 20 i can't remember what year it was the 2014 something like that we had five professional rounds yeah it was solid. And the largest motorcycle market on the planet Man, and it, but yeah so wayne rady and a group came in and bought it and have since done everything that they've that they've done to bring it back and it's back a lot better the paddock's filling up again it's really good to see um there are talk of another manufacturer coming back um That's but need. but but the, the we'll see i've we've heard like get on our side like we've we've heard promises and we've heard all of this before it's like i'll, I'll believe it when i see it yeah this is this is what i think about the, the, the super sport so i mean how long are the manufacturers i mean so, so when when um uh uh lee jackson um Fetched the GSXR seven fifty over uh, with Irwin riding it. Mm -hmm. Every, he he absolutely played that that perfect. You know, he, nobody ever, nobody else thought of it. He, he's he's the only one that thought of it. He bought two GSXR seven fifties for eight thousand pounds. Fetched them over, kitted them out, and, and and these bikes were on the podium. You know, like which is you think brilliant. How long will the manufacturers allow a ten year old road bike to win? Yeah. It's the same way here because yeah. like this, like we had the V2 winning the championship, but the 750 here was, I mean, yeah, the like that 750 is almost 15 years old now, something yeah. like that, like 2012. Yeah, yeah, they made a 750 so, in the lockdown. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and didn't they stop selling the 750 over in Europe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, they did. So yeah. it's so so Mal. That's that's that's. Yeah, I know uh, Mal Cashley has a lot to do with it in America near Daytona. He, yeah. he, I, I think he's building the. I don't know if, I'm not 100 percent sure what what hap is the relationship between with the Jackson and Mal, but I know Mal builds a good 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 bike. He's a he's a good good mechanic. I know. I've just seen he's been over there racing at Daytona, and he's built another 750, I believe. Um, so I, I only saw what on Facebook, but yeah. Um, but so the I think. Go ahead, shipping, the shipping over the um, the, the Suzuki's from America to, to the UK, and I know that when we was doing the four hundreds, the, the the Ninja four hundreds, um, we were shipping over the ECUs from America and 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 putting the ECUs onto our four hundreds because in America your emissions laws are slightly different to ours, so the ECU on our four hundreds, as the bike got hotter, it had a it had a um, it had a temperature compensation map, and oh, basically yeah. what it so basically, as the bike got hotter, it increased the fuel ratio. So it put more fuel in to reduce the temperature of the burn in the cylinder, in turn, losing horsepower over it. So over a race, the bike got hot, you'd lose horsepower. Whereas we put the uh, an American ECU in, um, it's, 
its map, its compensation map was much more lean than right, what yeah. the UK was. So it it had maintained the brake horsepower for for it was actually I think it was a little bit more brake horsepower, but it was sustainable brake horsepower. Yeah, throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, Robert Langford says uh, MA total purse for all classes, including Superbike Cup, is one point eight mil. Manufacturers are four point six mil total payouts possible, and that's for I guess. That's probably across all classes. Yeah, mm. I mean, so I mean, it's, uh, Super, Super Sport this year. I think, I think it was eight hundred pound a win. A race win was eight hundred pound, but the championship win was nothing. Ah, hmm. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna do math here. So I'm gonna have to ask my mate Cameron Fraser that just won the the, the GP two six uh, six hundred class. I had him on. I'm gonna have to. I have to ask him how how that works. Huh. Like that, mm. it's not. It, it's 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 you know. I mean, Ben Curry. What, what's been two times? Two times second runner up. He's won it once, and up to a couple of years ago, he was delivering Amazon parcels. Yeah, know? you know, it's it, it's. Is it fair? Probably not. Absolutely yeah, not. No. No. Um, and going back, you know, a couple a few years ago. Well, a few years ago, back you know, on our end, that when it was AMA Superbike up to about 2000, 2012, 2013, when everything was still going strong, and we had every, I had all the manufacturers and the big presences and everything. All the big four were here, like the big four Japanese manufacturers. Your factory Superbike riders weren't making anything less than eight hundred grand a year. Yeah, Maladin was Maladin and Speeds were making two and a half million dollars a year racing motorcycles. Hopkins Hopkins book explained the crash yeah. quite well. How, yeah. how that, that when when the crash happened, I think it was what was it like the early two thousands or late yeah, 90s. 2008. Yeah, yeah. So we had that yeah. we had that massive that massive crash, and the teams continued to give the same level of advertisement for a fraction yeah. of the cost. And then when the money came back, they realised, oh what, we don't have to start pumping millions and millions of pounds into yeah. it because we can get it for a fraction of the cost anyway. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's never really been the same since. I mean. No, God, I, I wish I was born in the '90s because I mean, you have a much better crack at it in the '90s, and yeah. I think the party, I think the parties was better then as well. Hundred percent guarantee the parties were better. Hundred percent, yes. The parties were better up till about 2010, and now everything's way too serious here. Yeah, like, yeah. We, there was there was a night where we were sitting, we were all sitting around hanging out. We were partying about three in the morning, and we're all looking around, going. I, we're gonna get in trouble. We need to go to bed. <laughs> this is getting bad. So yeah, we're gonna I'm, be eating tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we. Um, it's it, it, it's definitely it's definitely changed. I mean, and to be fair, you know, I I was people say to me things like, you know, and I, I, I very rarely do. You know, it's in these race posts people put up and tells people how the weekend went on. I very rarely do them, and 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 the reason being is nobody really cares. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody read nobody reads them. I put a few photos up and said I had a good weekend, you know, yeah. first race, you know, whatever wherever I finished. But you know, you get people who put these streams and streams and streams, you know, it's yeah, I think the post starts once upon a time and yeah. it, it goes on for multiple chapters and it's great, but nobody reads them, nobody cares. No. Um and sponsorship nowadays is is done in different ways. Um it is. Yeah, so yeah, it is. So uh, we have a, a statement from the Infantry ninety eight from YouTube says uh, women will never be allowed to ride in MotoGP or World Superbike due to physical differences. What do you think about that, Benny? 
I disagree with that. I understand what they're saying with the yeah. physical differences, but now that the World Championship is announced that they're going to do a women's championship, I think there will be a women's chass, uh, w- women's um, class at MotoGP. I when that is, it, yeah. I think it will follow on. I'm hoping that, I mean, f- personally, I hope for, for my daughter's sake that that rolls down into mini motos and, and rolls down into whether it goes that level, whether it needs to go to that level, because I think at a young age, I think they're all very similar in ability yeah. and, and strength. But I think certainly um, it would be good to see a women's class. I mean, motocross has done it for years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we, we're 10 years, 15 years behind motocross. Yeah. I agree. No, I agree. I agree. Well, listen, man, we're an hour and 15 minutes in this. I know it's late. It's, it's 11, almost 1130 where you are. Yeah, listen, you need to go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> Benny, to bro. Oh, you need to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, let's do this again. I would love to, to sit down and, and have you back on the podcast in 2024. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll schedule it. I, I Obviously, we got each other's number. But anyway, tell all the Americans how they can follow you and find you on Instagram, Facebook, and all that good stuff. So, yeah. So uh, Betty Grace been on Facebook, uh, Grace and B19 on Instagram. And um, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's me. If you want to come and follow an average road racer having a go at it, come and. Come and have a look. But I'm doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. So listen, dude. Again, man, what an honor it was to sit down and have my buddy Daniel as a co-host and my good mate uh, Benny on the podcast, which which uh, we've been trying to sort out for a while, right? Um, looking forward to having you back on. Um, I'd like to say thank you to everybody that watches and likes to subscribe to the show. Uh, big shout out to my man Jake Marsh and his dad Peter that that, that run Pinda Gas on their bikes and all their team shirts. Yeah. What an honor to have that sponsor out there. And my man uh, Martin from from the Clothing Kings that that, that make our all our merch for us. Uh, big shout out to them too. If anybody's in the market for hats, t-shirts, body warmers, jackets, whatever, hit the Clothing Kings up. Martin, tell them I sent you, and uh, yeah, enjoy their products because it's some of the best out there. But anyway, thank thank you everybody for tuning in. It's been a night. Thank you guys so much. Until I see you guys again, I'm Christian Show Simcoe, my man Daniel Shoemaker, and again, what an honor it is to have Benny Grayson on the podcast. BSB, Super Sport Rider. Keep an eye out next year. Everybody, before I get off here, you can go watch Bennett's British Superbike for free, okay? Bennett'sBritishSuperbike.com, and you can watch live time and TSO and all that good stuff. So, yeah, what an honor, Ben. Until next Cheers, time. Guys. Cheers. Thank you so much, see man. See you guys, everybody. See you guys. Thank you. All right, hang on one second.